Hey folks, it's Jeff Fuzzy Wenzel from the Woodshed Agency, and you are listening to a new episode of Successfully Funded. Here we go, let's turn it up. Turn it up. Yeah! All right, crowdfunders. How is everybody doing out there in the wonderful land of crowdfunding, you know, that space that I like to play in where, you know, projects are looking for funding and we're trying to get entrepreneurs to get their dreams met, you know, that amazing space, right? Right? The hot spot. So coming up on today's episode, uh, we have a great conversation uh, with Jordan Clark and her product is called Dewey's and these are women's slip on shoes for your home, um, but they've got uh, really nice aesthetics, really great quality um, so I want you guys to make sure you guys can go check it out. She's only got about 10 days left in the campaign. So please go check that, her campaign out right now. Go to the show notes, click on the links and uh, support, right? Um, so with that said, that interview is coming up here in just a little bit. But what else is going on? Well, you know, the world's ending, just little stuff like that. Nah, I'm being dramatic. But I will say something I have added to my repertoire is a bandana. And if you watch this episode on YouTube, you'll see that I'm sporting a red bandana. I've been, I ordered a whole bunch. I have blues. I have some yellow ones. I, I think the bandana is going to come back. I mean, if I got a cough, I pull it up. If I feel like I'm in a scenario where I'm like, Ooh, I think there's some sick people here. You throw it up. I think we're going back to this. And I got to tell you, I'm pretty happy about it. I like it. I think it's a great accessory. Um, you know, I, of course I've got the bird chirping in my ear from my, my mom or my grandma about, uh, you know, the, the bloods in the crypts, you can't wear those, you know, it's like, I'm in Farmington, Michigan. I don't think the bloods in the crypts are coming at me because I'm wearing a red bandana to cover my mouth because my nose is running. But that's just the fear that we all live in right now, right? That's the fear. So, whew, man, it has been a been a solid like two weeks right tonight though super excited i've got a pedal party uh that's right the quaker shaker pedal power party it's tough to say quaker shaker pedal pedal power party a lot of peas in that a lot of peas what that means is hey at 6 30 tonight we're all just going out in the neighborhood and riding bikes right so we're all gonna be riding dirty um so we're gonna be riding some bikes and um not getting close to anybody, right? Still keeping our distance, but you know, you wave to people and then you, you're supposed to, now these are my rules on it. You're supposed to wear a fun outfit. So I'm thinking about going as Joe Exotic, which I'll talk about that in just a second. You know, I, I got my bandana, I got my handcuffs. I'm going to get my cowboy hat on. I got my cowboy boots and I'm riding a bike and I'm going to put a, a little boom box on my bike and we're just going to ride around, you know, wave to neighbors and have a little party night, six, three to eight. And I'm doing it tomorrow again from one to one to three. So again, if you're a local, well, I guess if you're hearing this, it's already passed. But we're going to do more of these because I, I like the idea of just getting out in the neighborhood and riding bikes, man, waving to people. I, that is one thing, speaking of, it's been nice. You know, I have seen pe all my – like not just my neighbor neighbors, like people I see all the time, but like the people who live like a block over or half a block down, like people I've never really met or – you know, but everybody's out with their dogs. Everybody's out walking. There is something when you're looking at this and going – this is nice. This is how it should be. We don't need to be, you know, driving everywhere we want to go. We should be on our bikes to ride downtown. We should walk the, you know, six, you know, six minute walk to downtown. And I'm, I'm guilty of it. I drove my car here today. 
I literally have to make one left turn, one left to get to my office. And I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the Michigan. I mean, it is the Michigan weather. It's, it's the, it's the, you know, we are trained to just get in the car, start it and go. And we gotta, we gotta change that. Why, why, you know, why do I have, I, I also don't understand why I have two cars. That is, I mean, I understand why I had to get that car. I mean, I just got a new car. I talked about it here on the podcast. It's relatively new because, you know, my dad was dying and I needed a car to drive back and forth hours away, you know? So, but on a bright note, are you guys watching Tiger King on Netflix? I just finished it up last night. It's the greatest thing I've ever watched. It's the greatest thing. It's tops, just tops. If you're not watching it, stop what you're doing right now. Stop this podcast. Seriously, stop it. Go watch this and enjoy it because you're going to love it. And then from there, you're going to go on YouTube and you're going to find all the music videos and the other videos, the, the Joe Exotic TV. From there, you're going to see all the memes. The memes are out of control, but they're all amazing. I've never seen something where I'm like, man, they've maxed out. And I just finished up McMillan's. I just finished this up on, on HBO, which if you haven't watched that, go watch that. That was all about the, the Monopoly and McDonald's. That one blew me away. I was like, holy cow, where's this thing going? Tiger King comes in and stomps it all, stomps it all. It was, it is one of the greatest docu-series I've ever seen. I'm really recommending everybody go watch it. All right, well, that's that's a nice thing. So what else has been going on around here? Uh, well, outside of just kind of surviving, keeping the business going, launching, well, not really launching campaigns. We kind of on, a lot of stuff's on ice at the moment. Besides this podcast, man, we're cranking these things out. I hope you guys are enjoying. But with that said, if you are a fan of crowdfunding or if you're thinking about, you're an entrepreneur, make sure you go to our website, woodshed.agency. Subscribe. Go to our blogs. We're putting up blog content twice a week right now. We've got podcasts coming out twice a week. We've got emails coming out. We've got so much information coming out. We want you guys to be successful. We want you guys to be making smart decisions. Um, if you're an entrepreneur and you're thinking about going in this space, you got to be listening. You just, that's just flat out. Got to be listening, got to be tuned in and you'll hear it repeat. If you listen to four or five episodes, you'll hear the same thing. These people that are successful, they did their research, they did their homework. And that's why we put out this information because we want you guys to be successful. That's, that's the plain, simple truth. The more campaigns that are successful, the more people getting projects out there, it is the better for me and my agency, right? It's, it's giving people more trust in it as a platform. So that's why we do this. So again, go over to iTunes, click the subscribe button, listen, review, tell your friends, uh, go to the blogs, get the blogs. I put them out. Like I said, those come out Tuesdays and uh, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, or Tuesdays, Fridays, depending on our schedules. Uh, podcasts are coming out Mondays and Thursdays. So again, a lot of content coming off of us. So, all right, guys, that's all I've got at the moment. Let's go listen to my conversation with Jordan Clark from the shoe company Dewey's. Here we go. All right, Jordan, the red light's on. This is this is the moment, right, where we have to record a hit. Uh, so, uh, so don't screw up, okay? Just kidding. All right, well, let's start off with a quick sound check. Why don't you tell my listeners uh, what you had for breakfast this morning? Yeah, uh, okay, this morning I had uh, green tea, and then I had uh, eggs and a pancake. And here in, like a Dutch pancake here is like, I live in Amsterdam, it's a really thin pancake, so it's almost like a crepe. Okay. Yeah. Oh, interesting. But it's still called the pancake. Uh, yeah. Is, that's, that's okay. 
uh, so real, th is there anything like, do they put the blueberries, the, the chocolate chips, anything fancy in it, or is it just maple syrup? I just do plain. Uh, I'm sure at the breakfast spots around here, they do it all, but uh, yeah, at home, I just go plain. Okay. Okay. All right. Awesome. Well, that sounds like a tasty breakfast this morning. So uh, awesome. I think we're sounding good. Let's, let's jump in. Let's jump into it. So uh, why don't you tell my listeners what you're currently raising money for uh, over on Kickstarter? Yeah. So um, my company is called Dewey's and basically uh, our project is slip shoes. So um, basically they are stylish and supportive shoes for home that are made from sustainable materials. So the idea is to reimagine what the slipper or you know a standard pair of house shoes are and really make them good looking, comfortable and and shoes that, you know, are doing good for the planet by being made of thoughtful innovative materials. That's awesome. Where where does this idea sort of fit into your life in terms of like, I'm going to go ahead and, and start making shoes. It feels like that's not something that, uh, are you a cobbler now? Is that, is that, is that a term that you put on a resume or like, how do you get into like, you know, trying to solve this problem that you, uh, that you found? Yeah, totally. Well, I am not, um, like my experience is not in the shoe industry, so I'm learning every day here. Um, my background is in startups and management consulting and really, how I came up with the ideas, I moved to Amsterdam just over two years ago. And I realized as I, you know, I transitioned from working in an office with clients to working from home 100% of the time. And I realized I was having to choose between wearing, um, you know, supportive, comfortable sneakers, you know, that go outdoors or unsupportive indoor slippers. So I started looking for, you know, what alternatives are out there? What could I wear that's stylish and supportive? And I just really couldn't find anything that at least fit what I needed and my style. So I decided to create my own solution uh, that combines style support and sustainability. That's cool. What, so now that you've identified it, like, again, so I can sit around and identify all kinds of things that bother me. I like, oh, I need a solution for that. But like for you, how do you then take that first step of like, okay, I'm going to go and solve this now Google, like, what do you, what happens from there? You know, totally. Um, well, I'll say before this idea, I had a couple others and nothing, you know, I didn't know at the time that I wanted to be an entrepreneur, but I just started coming up with ideas, but this was the one that stuck. So it was the one that, yes, I started Googling. I ordered, you know, um, how to start a shoe company. There's a book that's literally called that, you know, so there's things, there's so many resources out there that you can find and just, you know, through my personal network, finding people that were even on the fringe, you know, fringes of the shoe industry, just really piecing it together. I feel like there's just so much out there um, that something that you have no idea about, you can figure it out pretty quickly, or at least where to start. Right. So in that process, was there something that you saw that felt like it wasn't, a, you know, a gigantic mountain, like, okay, this, I'm not, I'm not nuts. I I'm reading this and going, I could do these 10 steps or like, was there something that you found that you were like, I, I can do this? Totally. Well, I think first and foremost, that how to start a shoe company book really broke it down for me. So that was like, okay, I have a pretty good sense of like all the different areas that I would need to focus on to start a shoe company from design to logistics to um, customer service to all of that. So that kind of gave me a handle of um, the general scope, but um, yeah, more of diving into the research of 
you know, what countries are known for, you know, making high quality shoes and things like that. Once I started diving into that and I connected with a footwear agent in Portugal, um, that's where I really started to feel more comfortable. Like, okay, there are experts out there. There are people that could kind of shepherd me in this process. Um, so I'm not totally on my own. Right. Now, in, inside of that, um, how much were you thinking in terms of like a style or a brand or a story, a narrative? Was that stuff starting to kind of come to come at this point? Or was it still a little bit more just technical? Like, okay, you know, A, B, C, D, right? Like more equations as opposed to like, I want it to look like this because the page, I mean, it looks great. Like they look very stylish. It's, there's clearly is like a vision here. What point do you start to interject that sort of vision into this, what you're working on? Yeah, that's such a great question. I feel like in the very beginning, it's focused on, okay, what problem am I solving? What is the product going to be? What's, who is it going to serve? But I feel like shortly after really getting the conceptual idea, that's when I started the branding process so that the branding and the product development really coincided so that each could help inform one another as it went. So for instance, the first style that I designed was a pair of sneakers. I did not launch any sneakers. And that helped because as I started developing the brand, I realized, and I'll show the shoes here just for anybody that can see, um, can see, I ended up realizing, no, the brand is more of these, you know, stylish everyday shoes, um, like loafers like these, or slip on mules um, that women wear indoors and outdoors, but really loafers and mules were more on brand at that point than you know a sneaker that you can run around the house in and as i you know surveyed and talked to more women they really helped inform th those kind of decisions that um were critical to building the brand that's interesting that's interesting so when as you're okay now so now you're going along and you're putting all this together when do you start to really have validation that you should continue forward, right? Like, did you get a first prototype back? Did you get something that you were like, okay, you know, I'm going to go ahead and finish this. Was there something that it was just like a monumental moment in that? I think it, I think it was the prototypes probably. I mean, I went through like seven rounds of prototypes, but it was by like the second round that things started really falling into place and being able to show people physical shoes. I think it really resonated with them. Whereas when I first came up with this idea two years ago, people were like, Jordan, what? House shoes? No, like, I have my, yeah, what do you, like, what is this? Um, and then once the prototypes really started coming together, people were like, oh, I get it. You know, shoes that are unlike furry slippers, you know, stylish shoes to wear at home um, that can support, you know, whatever you're up to in your daily life at home. Mm -hmm. That's great. That's awesome. So, through that process of, of prototyping, you know, what I have found coaching a lot of, of project creators is that there can be a lot of down moments in that of like, you know, getting that first one back and you're like, that's not what I thought. That's you know, how did you kind of, you know, get through those moments of like, okay, it's not exactly it, but I know it's going to like, is that just something that you just have in your DNA because you, you work in startups and you just know that like the first draft is it, it like, like, but what, how, like, how do you sort of just coach yourself through it mentally not to, you know, get down it's it's because I'm assuming for you like everybody else it's it's this right you, it's a downs, lot of so. ups and downs yeah totally um yeah it's not easy but I think when you're really excited and passionate about the product you can wait you know sometimes between prototypes it's five or six weeks that you're waiting for that updated material or just your factory to have the bandwidth to work on that next round so 
it's definitely hard, but I will say starting a business, there's plenty to do. So at least there's um, a lot of other aspects of the business that I could focus on during that time, whether it was, you know, starting to think about crowdfunding or, you know, strategizing, you know, how I'm going to fund this and, and all that. So um, yeah, I kept, kept busy, but you definitely have to um, have a positive mindset and be patient. That's cool. Now, during that whole process, what was the thing that was keeping you up at night the most that you were like the most worried about funding or product design or customers feedback? What was keeping you up? I think for a while there, it was the materials themselves because the fashion industry, I mean, it's one of the highest contributors to pollution out there. And I really wanted, if I was going to do this, I wanted to do it right. And it took me about a year to find the materials that I ended up making these shoes with. So I think that was one thing that really kept me up was like, why can't I find a sustainable vegan suede? It has to be out there. There has to be something like in my price point, all that. So um, yeah, I definitely spent some nights tossing and turning on that, but it, it all came together with time. That's cool. Now, how did you get into like startups? Not just this particularly, but just your background. Like, like what was your background and stuff? Yeah. Um, so shortly like right after i graduated college i i joined a startup um it, it was a you know local startup in seattle where i'm from it, it was a beauty company it was so much fun so yeah really it was just right out of college it was my first job which is amazing because in a startup environment you get to wear so many different hats and try new things so it was through that you know experience that i was able to you know understand marketing get a feel for customer service um, you know, start learning more about operations and logistics and supply chain. Um, so yeah, it was that experience that I feel like really prepared me to, you know, take on or become an entrepreneur now. Now, was that something that like even growing up that you thought that you would always have your own business or something like that? Or was it just that sort of, I just got this job and I liked it and just kind of kept weaving your way like that? Yeah, I never thought when I was younger, I never was like, I'm going to have my own business. I'm going to be an entrepreneur, which I look back and I think is kind of funny that I didn't because my dad does own a small business. And so now I'm like, oh, I'm kind of following in his footsteps. Um, but yeah, when I was little, I definitely didn't dream of designing shoes or anything like that. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad I landed where I did. I'm, I'm really excited about, about Dewey's and, and bringing this product to the world. That's cool. Now, you mentioned that you moved from Seattle to Amsterdam, correct? I think you said a second ago. What's, what's been like the startup like support? Ha, ha, do you find that there's a lot of support around what you're working on? Not only for your, I think your job job, but like for what you're working on, is there, you know, funds to, that you could access or, or, or just resources, I guess, around you, maybe be a better way. Is, is that what it's like there? Yeah. Uh, Amsterdam's a super friendly startup community. Um, I've joined quite a few like entrepreneur meetup groups here, which is a great way, you know, as you were mentioning earlier, there's so many ups and downs as an entrepreneur and things that you have to be patient and, and disappointments along the way that you kind of need those support groups of people that are going through something similar. Um, so that's been really great. And my understanding is Amsterdam also does have a lot of great um, funding resources. I personally haven't tapped into those as an expat. Um, a lot of things, you know, are for, you know, citizens of this country. Um, but I've been thrilled with, with the resources that I have been able to um, connect with and, and take advantage of. 
now in in a startup like this are you working with a team of people or is it mostly just yourself right now on the on the kickstarter it's it's me um but but i mean i've had support and and great people all along the way you know from someone kind of being a sounding board on branding and helping refine my copywriting to you know someone uh two women that sh shot my kickstarter video so there's been um a lot of other people that i've engaged with on the way but when it comes to like day to day and the business it's it's uh it's me right now <laughs> well so with that i, I no, it's great. Oh, I was just so going to say, I hope to build out a team. In yeah, the well, well, two things in that. So one is, you know, because it's just you, at what point are you noticing the things that you know you need help on? You mentioned the two, two women helping with the video. Like, at what point are you going, you know what? I know I have an iPhone, but I probably shouldn't shoot this. How are you like self-analyzing yourself to say, I, I, I'm not going to actually do every single thing. You know what I mean? And how do you have that trust? And what are you looking for? as you're going through this process? I think, I think you learn a lot along the way of what your strengths and weaknesses are. And I think something that's key for me is to like spend time a couple times a week reflecting. And I, I literally just have to write down like what, what I'm dreading doing this week. Cause to me, that's usually an indicator of what I'm not so good at um, is, is yeah, you don't want to do it. So I'm trying to track those things along the way. And there are things like, virtual assistants that I'm beginning to tap into to, to help with um, reducing some of the time that I'm spending on like a lot of little things, like pulling in someone to, you know, help me with uh, reviewing and optimizing some of our marketing efforts and things like that. Um, but yeah, I think it really comes first from self-awareness of just knowing what you're good at or, you know, what you hate doing and then finding that support to plug in. And I think you kind of mentioned this, but my second question I was thinking about is, how do you then manage time with jobs? Uh, some people might have kids or, you know, or, or families going on family stuff, um, as well as knowing that like, hey, running a Kickstarter, as we'll probably talk about in a minute here, takes a lot of time. There's a lot going into it. So how, are, how do you, is there tools that you use? Is there a structure that you do so that, you know, you're not letting stuff that slip through the cracks? Yeah, um, I'm, Yes, I try to be really organized. It's one of my strengths, but obviously it can also be a weakness from time to time. Um, the key things that help me are like I have a, a work plan that, you know, it goes for forever in the future of anytime I have a task or an idea or something, it goes into that work plan and it gets assigned, you know, is it marketing? Is it finance? And it gets a date and a priority. Um, and so that every day I can look at this work plan and say, what's on my what's on my list for today and then map it out of like, what can I feasibly tackle today and what can wait? Um, and so that's really key for me uh, just on a day-to-day -day basis to keep up with things, but make sure that my time is being spent on the priority items, not the, you know, things that could wait two months because they have to do with fulfillment and I don't even have my shoes produced yet. So yeah, interesting, interesting. That's, that's good. That's good. Well, let's talk a little bit. Let's flip over to the actual Kickstarter, which is why we're why we're chatting, right? So, as that we're talking today, um, you have about twelve days to go. Uh, when people are seeing this, they'll probably be nine to ten days, something along those lines. Um, so, you had a, about a twelve thousand dollar goal, and you've already hit that goal. You're at fourteen thousand while we're talking here. Um, let's talk a little bit about what what did you start, or maybe let's start here. Why did you think 
Kickstarter should work for this? Or why should you go after this? Why should you do crowdfunding? Like, when did that start to kind of come into your mind as I, I want to do a crowdfunding campaign? Yeah, I think crowdfunding really came into my mind this past summer. It's when I started building out a financial model of like, okay, I'm going to launch this business. How, how is this going to come together? And through that, you know, I'm a self-funded entrepreneur. So as I started looking at, you know, I, I did put together a pitch deck of like, should I go around and pitch this to people? But you realize pretty quickly, um, people want to see traction. Uh, people want to see your product out in the market and how customers are responding to it. So I, you know, research crowdfunding and it's just a great way to not only like it creates brand awareness, it, it's a great way to test your product's viability, uh, discover who your customer is. And then also like cherry on the top is uh, raise funds to put towards, for me, it's the first round of production. So yeah, when I kind of discovered crowdfunding and really looked into it, it just seemed like the perfect fit for, for my small business. Yeah. And what then, after you kind of make that determination, what starts to happen for, for you? Is it, you know, research? Is it finding other companies that you're in the ballpark of? What, what do you start to do? Yeah, for me, it was just a lot of uh, reading articles about, about Kickstarter and about different strategies to launch because I learned early on that it's really, Kickstarter is really about the preparation. I mean, the campaign itself, obviously you need to be you know, evaluating and optimizing things. Um, but it's really in that, that pre-launch phase. So, um, yeah, I would say it was just a lot of reading. Uh, I think I, I listened to one, you know, kick book on Kickstarter and there's so many great podcasts like this to tune into and learn from, uh, others, ex others experiences. So that was kind of key for me, like the last six or seven months. And then it was really three months before I launched was my like hardcore, like I'm actually creating the deliverables, uh, starting the marketing, all that, um, that, you know, was the preparation for launch day. Was there any internal data points that you were looking for that you wanted to hit before you launched? Did you have any metrics of like, Hey, I want 50 emails, a hundred emails, a thousand emails, 10,000 emails. Like, was there just anything that you wanted to see before you hit that launch button? Yeah, I think for me, it was, it changed a little bit over time. It was, um, I wanted to collect 2,500 emails. And to me, that was a lot. I know, you know, I've heard of, there are many other more successful Kickstarter campaigns that, that build an email list that is beyond my wildest dreams. So kudos to them. Um, for, but for me, I wanted to start small. So my goal was 2,500 and I surpassed that pretty quickly. So then my goal was 4,000 and I, uh, I was able to generate just over 4,000 emails in advance of launch. And to be honest, I was really proud of that. But come the actual campaign, I learned that those emails didn't convert, um, didn't have as high as conversion as I, I had hoped. So although I think an email list is critical, I think there were steps along the way that I missed in measuring their engagement so that they were ready you know, to know that they were an engaged email list, not just a list of emails. Right, right, right. Um, has there been anything that's um, stuck out in this campaign? I mean, you know, you've ran most of the campaign at this point. Has there been anything that you're like, wow, we have an audience in Singapore or Malaysia? Or, I don't just anything that you were like, I did not expect that. 
Yeah. I mean, you know, even just looking today, I was like, I can't believe someone bought my shoes from who's from Hong Kong and Mozambique. Like, you know, I, I launched this campaign with shipping to the U.S. and Canada because I wanted to start small and I wanted to start in my target market, you know, instead of going global. But I was so thrilled to see that, you know, people that have shipping addresses in the U.S. where they're they're able to, you know, purchase from abroad. It's just really cool to see all these um you know, other countries that I would have never expected that are purchasing the shoes. That's cool. That's very cool. What has been, you know, in terms of the, of the Kickstarter itself, what has been the hardest thing to happen? Is it the page design, the emails? What, what, what do you think has just been the biggest thing you had to work on and stuff? Yeah. Oh, there's so many. I would say for me, what comes first to mind is the video. Um, I'm, I'm an introvert. It's not so easy for me just to have a video that like I'm, you know, um, introducing myself and yeah, like I'm the face of it right now. So I think that was, that was hard for me. Um, but through just a lot of preparation and a great videographer and, and, um, it, it came together really nicely, but honestly, for me, it was just building up a lot of honestly being an entrepreneur is building up your own courage and, and, um, trying to conquer like those self-limiting beliefs. Um, because really right now it's, you know, it's, it's myself and my customers that are going to get this brand where I hope it, you know, ends up going. Right. Right. That's awesome. So let's talk a little bit, maybe on the financial side of it. Um, because again, the numbers could, you know, you could, you really probably want a millions of dollars, right. But like, how did you start to figure out, maybe a goal structure, rewards. How did those conversations sort of fit into the to the launch and, and what you were trying to trying to achieve? Yeah, I would say from a reward structure standpoint, my strategy was keep it simple. And that was advice that I got from reading different articles. I think there's obviously different strategies that you could go with, but I ended up going with basically you can buy one pair of shoes or two pairs of shoes. Um, and we have two styles, the loafer and the mule. So it makes sense, you know, if you want um, one of each, you can buy two pairs. And then to layer on top of that, I did three different pricing structures. So one or two pairs, and then at a uh, basically a VIP price, an early bird price, and a, you know, Kickstarter special price. Um, so that, it, I kept it pretty simple. Um, and from a, like, funding strategy standpoint, I mean, my goal here is, you know, I've reached it. I'm super thrilled to be serving these very early customers. My, you know, although I know some other campaigns, they want as many backers as possible. I, I really want to get these shoes out into the market and hear women's thoughts on them and continue to develop more colorways and styles and improve the materials and things like that. So I'm not trying to sell thousands in the beginning, I'm really trying to develop those, um, those early adopters, those, uh, hopefully will be, you know, advocates for the brand in the future, really build a relationship with them and, um, yeah, see where we see, see how we can, you know, make these shoes even better. Yeah, that's great. That's awesome. So, you know, the campaign, like I said, uh, about 12 days to go or so, uh, takes a couple of weeks for the money to all drop and get into bank accounts and all that stuff. But what starts to happen for you? Um, like, how do you start the process of getting these shoes into women's hands? Yeah, so, I mean, right now I'm in close communication with my factory in Portugal. Um, even before the campaign, I purchased 
all the, the molds for these shoes because I just didn't want anything slowing us down. Um, and so now we've placed almost all the material orders. I think we have one more to place. Um, but yeah, basically it's making sure that we have everything lined up for our production, uh, our first round of production in May, and then um, to stay on track to ship to customers in June. So my focus right now is really just keeping that on track with obviously anything that's within my control and my factory's control, but there are things globally that are going on that, um, you know, we just have to uh, kind of turn over control to. Um, but that's really what my focus is on as well as building out my, you know, my website, deweys.com, um, getting that up and running so that I can continue, you know, um, you know, taking pre-orders just through my website uh, until we can ship to customers in June. That's cool. And what does this like next year look like? What are, you know, after these Kickstarter backers get their shoes, what, what are you working on? What are you doing? Yeah, I think it's really, um, getting to know our customers working on, you know, more products. So whether that's, you know, new colors, new styles, I really would like to launch a men's line. Um, so it's starting to think about that. And, uh, and hopefully building out a team, you know, I really, you know, I, I don't want to do this by myself, uh, forever. I, I'd like to have a team to collaborate with and, and make these shoes, uh, as great as they can be. So I think that will be my focus over the next year. And how about, how about for you and like, you know, the next five years putting on those, uh, that, uh, you know, that future hat here and go, where, where, what do you see? Is it multiple different lines? Is it you know, tons of different products. Is it just a men's and women's line? Like, like where in your heart do you want this thing to, to, to go? Yeah. I mean, I really want to stay niche. So I want to stay niche to house shoes. Like I don't need, there are plenty other shoe brands out there that can compete against each other for outdoor market. I want Dewey's to be the go-to shoes for home. So for men and women. So right now I'm really focused on women, but uh, you know, I, I can't wait to engage with men and see what, you know, what their needs are and, and be solving for that as well. So, um, yeah, I really hope that Dewey's becomes that name becomes synonymous with, with house shoes or slippers, whatever people, you know, uh, term them in, in their home. Well, I can tell you, uh, my office slippers here where I am right now, um, they're just slippers. They're not, you know, I have to take them off if I have anybody roll in. So if, I could use a different something else. Uh, also, too, like when it snows and stuff, and I, I take the, I, yeah, I take my boots off and then I put my slippers on, but they're just like literally just some slippers. They're not. Yeah. They're not. Yeah, and that's the idea names. behind. That's the idea behind Dewey's is not having that shoe that you have to kick off the moment that you have a guest in your home and you're like, oh shoot, I can't be caught seeing in these. It's that shoe that you're like, oh, I look good. Like my my outfit's complete. So I'll have to send you um, some of the early designs for for the men's line yeah uh, i'll wear them here. around my office yeah. I'll, I'll be bopping scatting them well awesome well how, how do people find out um you know outside of the kickstarter how can people kind of dive into your world learn about what you're working on connect where should they go yeah so i would say first and foremost check us out on instagram um at dewey's.slipshoes um that's where we're you know sharing the most content and just updates in our journey to launch and all that so um, yeah, Instagram and then Dewey's.com is our website. So, um, you know, if you're listening to this 
uh, after the Kickstarter campaign, Dewey's.com is definitely um, where you can check out our shoes, see what we're all about. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Jordan, I, again, I know you're busy with a lot of stuff going on. You're in the middle of a campaign. I appreciate you taking time out of your day. I know my listeners are going to love this conversation. Uh, very inspiring and uh, keep up the great work and uh, continue uh, raising those funds. I appreciate it. Thanks so much. Thank you. I really appreciate you taking the time and this was fun. Yeah, no awesome. Thanks so much. All right. How about that conversation? Jordan, thank you again for taking time out of your day. It was a great conversation and I wish you nothing but luck and success, uh, not only on this campaign, but on your future projects. I think you've got a, got a bright, bright star uh, above you here. And I think you're going to be doing really, really well uh, launching new shoes. So great job on your campaign. Great conversation. Again, if you enjoyed what you listened to, make sure you're a subscriber. Go over to iTunes. Click the subscribe button. Leave us a review. Tell your friends and family. Tell other people. You know, talk about it. If you have a meetup group, you go to say, "Hey, everybody should be listening to this." Help us, help us get our information out there to more and more people to be successful. If you're looking for uh, uh, reading stuff, if you're looking for information, make sure you follow our blog. Go to woodshed.agency. If you're thinking about running a campaign, don't do it until you call me. There's a go to the website woodshed.agency. Click the consultation button. I give everybody 20 minutes. Just get on a call. Ask me questions. I will tell you what I've known. You know, all the things I've learned over the last 10 years doing crowdfunding, whether that's in the equity space, reward-based space, um, or if you're you know, doing just pre-order of your project. So we can help you navigate these waters. So, all right, guys, why don't we listen to some Sugar People music, and I hope you guys are doing well, and I will talk to you all later in the week. Bye now.